Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies. A podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies. Well, hello, and welcome to episode 157 of Drink the Movies. I'm Brian here, as always, with Michaela. And Michaela, we are working up close to uh, Oscar time, which led us to our local uh, independent picture house, uh, Theater, just a couple of nights ago. And we were there. We were getting ready to to watch the film, and they they showed, like, a screener because for Black History Month, uh, they were covering the film Red Tails and doing, like, a panel and stuff after it. Now, unfortunately, we weren't able to make that. Uh, but it did get us in the mood to watch it because Red Tails is a movie that neither of us have ever seen but we've both always wanted to watch it. So it seems yes. like the right time. It did. It did seem like the right time to do it. I mean, every day is a great day to educate yourself on something historically based. The preview looked amazing. Uh, it's got a bunch mm-hmm. of amazing mm-hmm. actors in it. And um, it was on my list of things to watch. I don't know why I didn't watch it when it came out in 2012. I have no idea what I was doing in my life, but I missed it somehow. So uh we're doing a lot of fixing old mistakes. Uh, like we saw My Fair Lady a couple weeks ago. Now we're seeing Red Tails. We're all about going and rectifying <laughs> <laughs> movies that we miss somehow. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. It took us as long to watch this as it took uh, to get this made out of the uh, brain of George Lucas there, I guess, uh, from uh, what history says. So maybe we'll talk about that. But first, what we're going to do, Michaela, is we're going to have to mix up a cocktail. And we've got a classic tried and true one this week. But we're going to put a little bit of a twist on it, uh, just like you put that red paint on the uh, tail fin of your airplane. So let's do that. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back to whip up this week's drink. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So, Brian, you're a gin lover. I'm a gin lover. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There is a classic cocktail called the Aviation, which, oddly enough, we've never covered. Uh, so what better way yep. to do that than here for Red Tails? Now, um, the Aviation uh, has this really interesting liqueur in it. It's uh, got maraschino liqueur uh, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. maraschino liqueur. Uh, I think the proper pronunciation is maraschino. Uh, can you tell right. me about that? Is it is it really cherry? What is it? That's right. Yeah, there are a, a couple of ingredients here in this uh, classic cocktail that uh, uh, is probably a reason why we have not uh, made it before. The other one being creme de violet, and that has a little bit of history here, too, as far as the cocktail goes. But yeah, um, this one's calling for maraschino liqueur, which we've used a couple of times. Luxardo is the brand that you've probably seen the most. It has kind of like that wicker uh, kind of bottom to the bottle. It's very uh, beautiful looking. You've seen Luxardo cherries, no doubt, at your grocery store and said, why are those uh, maraschino cherries $10 in the little jar from the grocery store is uh, $1. Well, here is why. So maraschino liqueur, uh, it's pronounced maraschi. You can pronounce it maraschi, I guess, if you want to you know, pronounce it wrong. But uh, maraschino liqueur, it's distilled from marasca cherries. Uh, so th- it's a cherry brandy, basically, is what that is. Now, 
maraschino cherries uh, here in the United States were required to be marasca cherries, and they were preserved in maraschino liqueur. Um, and that rule was set into place in 1912. Uh, but unfortunately, here we had a pretty dumb thing called prohibition. So when that into effect, uh, basically it made maraschino cherries uh, illegal, right? Because they were preserved in maraschino liqueur. So uh, no more maraschino cherries, no more maraschino liqueur. Uh, but thankfully, we have the non-alcoholic cherry lobby aka big cherry uh, industry lobbying uh, to revise that standard so in 1940 uh, here in the united states of america a maraschino cherry has been defined as a cherry that has been dyed red infused with sugar and packed in a sugar syrup so that is why uh when you see a maraschino cherry or maraschino however you want to pronounce it uh on your grocery store shelf it's bright red uh, you think of it in like the like whipped cream, like on the top of a, you know, hot fudge sundae, something like that. That's what you think of when you think of it, because uh, the definition literally changed in uh, 1940. So I thought that that was kind of interesting little uh, little history lesson there for that liqueur. Uh, get the real deal. Get the Luxardo uh, Maraschino cherry on a side note, because those are the most delicious things on the planet. Yeah, they are. They're real tasty. I like them a lot. And I have to say, <laughs> I was looking in my liquor cupboard last night and I was like, where are the nice ones? And I didn't have any of the nice ones. I had the ones for my son, which are, you know, $1.99 at the grocery store. Not, not the same, still good, but not the same, not the same at all. But this not drink, um, this drink has a lot of really amazing stuff in it. It does. Yeah. It has some of our favorite stuff for sure. Um, and it's, it is a classic cocktail. Um, and you mentioned Michaela, neither of us have, uh, ever made this uh, and i don't think either of us have ever had one of these um but you're starting to see them pop back up so let's go ahead and uh make one of these here real quick and then we'll talk about the other ingredient here so into a shaker tin uh with some ice go two ounces of gin a half ounce of maraschino liqueur a quarter ounce of creme de violet uh we actually use creme de blackberry uh for ours and we're gonna talk about why here in a second and then three quarters of an ounce of lemon juice uh, freshly squeezed please go ahead and stir that so whenever you're doing gin you want to make sure to stir and not uh, shake so it doesn't bruise and get cloudy um then strain it into a coupe or martini glass and garnish it with a brandied cherry uh so the other ingredient here the creme de violette that's kind of why this fell out of fashion creme de violette uh, the manufacturer of that like uh, stopped importing it to the United States for a super long time, um, and only recently has it been available here in the U.S., so the aviation has had kind of a cocktail renaissance. But we wanted to skip that, and we used the creme de blackberry to get kind of the same feel. So we didn't make a traditional aviation, but the creme de blackberry gave it a nice kind of reddish hue, and we wanted something uh, that was red to pay homage to the Tuskegee Airmen for this cocktail. So this drink, um, first of all, it's it's very boozy <laughs> because it's almost 100% uh liquor so um definitely watch if you're if you like it uh you know and you're gonna have a couple have some food drink some water you know don't drive uh because it is incredibly boozy but i have to say this was delicious and it and so beautiful i love the red tinge mm -hmm. yeah it was uh it was really good it was a, a bit heavy we both thought a little bit on that lemon juice there the three quarters of an ounce so i might dial that back a little bit um to see what you think about it but yeah this was this was great so it was a nice little riff on you know uh, basically a martini here jim martini uh there and it was fun to you know go back to a classic and use some ingredients that we weren't you know quite as familiar with and i uh, definitely think this paid really good homage uh, to the film that we're about ready to talk about here, uh, Red Tails. So uh, definitely give one of these a try at home, or if you have a favorite kind of variation on the aviation, uh, please let us know that. Yes, do. Um, I, I don't know. I think 
this, the, I, I, I like to draw conclusions about cocktails and the show, right? I think this was a really, uh, I don't know. I, I found the red tail of the plane to be kind of interesting because when they get the plane and then they paint it to make sure that they're like distinctive, I thought that that was a really nice take on how we just, you know, made mm -hmm. the aviation cocktail just a little bit, a little bit different, just as good, if not better. Absolutely. So give one of those a try, send us pictures, all that good stuff. But for now, Michaela, we better go. We better uh, find some maraschino cherries, mix up another one of these and take a quick break. And then we'll be right back to chat about this week's film, Red Tails. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line. It's possible complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. When we came under your command, Colonel, you stated very clearly that we would never find Negroes who could pass a pilot's exam, make it through flight school, survive basic combat. We've done all of that. I don't believe your boys have scored a single aerial kill. It's damn hard to shoot down the enemy a hundred miles behind the front lines. What we do, how well we do it, does it matter? And you all thought what? You'd sign up and that'd be the end of a hundred years of bigotry. Get your head up, son. You're fighter pilots. We have a right to fight for our country, the same as every other American. We will not go away. Spoiler warning for Red Tails. If you've not yet seen this film, it's really good. And we're going to talk about all the things. We're going to talk about all of the things. So if you've not seen it and you don't want to be spoiled, uh, you should press pause. You should go mix yourself up a, a red aviation because it's amazing, very tasty, a little boozy. And then you should go watch Red Tails. Uh, it's showing maybe at an independent picture house near you for Black History mm -hmm. Month, which is really cool. Um, it's also on Disney Plus, so you can go watch it there. Uh, and then you can come back and we can chat about it. That's right. Absolutely. If you've not seen it, you've had uh, ample time. So Michaela and I really don't have a very good excuse, but this was released in 2012. It was directed by Anthony Hemingway, and it stars Terrence Howard as Colonel A.J. Bullard, Cuba Gooding Jr. as Major Emmanuel Stance, and Andre Royo, David Oyelowo, Nate Parker, Tristan McWilds, Neo, Elijah Kelly, Marcus T. Polk, Leslie Odom Jr., Michael B. Jordan, Kevin Phillips, and Method Man as the Red Tails, a.k.a. the Tuskegee Airmen. So this was a Lucasfilm uh, production, Michaela. So this was uh, uh, very much a brainchild of George Lucas. This was the last thing uh, that Lucasfilm did under his uh, under his guidance, you know, prior to the sale to Disney there. So, yeah, it definitely has a, a lot of uh, Lucasy feelings to it, if you're familiar with any of that stuff. Obviously, Star Wars is the is the big one there, but... Uh, yeah, uh, I'm totally I'm totally drawing a blank on the car one uh, American graffiti uh, there, too. Oh, so, so, yeah, yeah. So it, def it definitely has kind of kind of that feel. And when it turns on, it, it has all the all the Lucasy staples. It's it's very loud. It's very uh, fast paced and action packed. Looks looks pretty good. But uh, yeah, a lot of players in this one, Michaela. A lot of a lot of players, a lot of amazing actors. I really like uh, and this this was his thing. He, George Lucas started trying to develop this in like 1988. So this is this is a long time coming, uh, trying to get this thing made and get the right people in it. 
And it's interesting because they actually had uh, airmen who were appointed advisors uh, that were Tuskegee airmen uh, to kind of offer guidance, which I think is really cool. I mean, no film is going to be as historically accurate as, you know, uh, I guess a history book, right? Um, Mm -hmm. There's always going to be things that you add in for more drama and things. But I thought that that was really uh, cool that um, we actually had like some guidance on the way things were. I right. think the mm-hmm, opening mm-hmm. scene is really cool. It is very um, Lucasfilm-esque in the special effects, but I thought they held up pretty well. Um, you got to see these old planes. You got to see like these bombers kind of swarming in and and uh, in into Italy. It's like 1944. And for those of you who weren't, uh, and this was educational for me, um, there were these kind of fighter jets that would go along and sit with the bomber jets until they saw enemy planes. And then they would just leave the bomber planes. They were like, see ya, I'm gonna go and try and fight off these bomb, these other planes. It's got German markings. Let's get them. Where are the damn fighters going? Is there anything left of our escort? Um, which is a good strategy, I guess, unless another set of enemy planes come up and take out all your bombers and now you're out bombers and your men are dead and it's really not good. Um, it's not, not a good so look, not a good look. It's it's not a good look. Um, and so this whole strategy around like, what are we going to do? Should we do something a little bit different? And who are we going to have to fly these planes? Um, you know, that is kind of the crux of the beginning of the story. But I love the opening scene because it really tells that in a way without like just laying it out like that, right? Like it tells the Mm -hmm. story in a really beautifully visual way where you've got the planes all kind of doing this dogfight up in the air. You've got people, you know, the the captains of the bombers uh, or the pilots of the bombers saying, oh my gosh, they leave us every time and now we're probably going to die. Like, you know, and they're like, that sucks. All right, well, let's just, you know, hope we don't run into any trouble because they just leave us like sitting ducks up here in the air. And I really liked that the w- the way that they showed that without like uh, kind of throwing it in our face is the the way they open up the storytelling. I thought was great. Yeah, it just drops you into the middle of this barrage of uh, uh, aerial dogfighting uh, going on around these bombers that are just going. You just uh, drop right into the story, and the the sound design is going absolutely nuts. The airplanes are going absolutely nuts. It it looks great. I thought uh, 2012, so that's what 12 years ago now. Jeez, we're old, uh, Michaela. But yeah, I thought that this looked amazing, sounded great, and it drops you right into the into the middle of that. It's it's pretty lengthy. This first kind of kind of aerial fight, right? And we're seeing seeing the the downside, I guess of <laughs> of you know transporting uh you know your cargo uh planes this way right your uh your bombers are, are going if all of your fighter jets are are running and tucking tail but we're gonna go and meet up with some other uh of our uh fighter uh, pilot uh crew here the uh tuskegee airmen um and they're going to be going on a little bit of a different mission right so we find out they're uh, stationed in uh northern italy uh they're out there flying around they're you know tracking down you know just uh kind of kind of following along just Going along, making sure that everything is a-okay. Uh, easy, I, I see something. It's a train, 11 o'clock. Let's go get it. Uh, decide that that is a Nazi train, uh, and they're going to go blow up that Nazi train. And who doesn't like movies where we just go and blow up a Nazi train? That's a good time to me. Uh, so they do that, and, uh, you know, they get a little bit of a, of a round of applause, small round of applause for doing that. You know, good job, good job. Uh, you know, he took out some guns and all that stuff, but we're then kind of introduced to our characters here, the Tuskegee Airmen. That's right. Uh, kind of 
uh, it's sort of run, running center is Joe Lightning Little. Um, and then he has uh, his, his lieutenant is Raygun. And um, there's Smokey. And I love, look, I love the the attention to detail on these planes where they have like their their sign and, and their like nicknames, whatever they're called, mm-hmm, their mm-hmm. handle. Yep. I, I don't know. Somebody somebody <laughs> from the armed forces is going to tell me what the actual their, name is. But Their avatar. Yeah. Yeah, whatever it is, but it's on the side of their planes. But what's interesting to me is that they aren't given the 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 greatest and best planes out there, right? Because they are a a group uh, of of African Americans, right? They're they're all people of color, and their entire regiment is all people of color. Their division is. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. They get these really hand me down planes, and so when when they when uh, lightning comes back and he's like, hey, I took out this train uh this is so great uh one of the guys is like yeah yeah but the train bit back and now i have to spend a week like fixing this plane because you're not going to get another one like they don't <laughs> you you're you're not like some of the other teams right that get all these brand new planes with the latest technology that they have in 1944 which which is amazing to me that there are so many that even then there was like a distinct difference right um yeah yeah, definitely, uh, definitely hand-me-down planes, hand-me-down stuff. Even even the camp seems kind of hand-me-down right there in uh, northern Italy. It's all muddy all the time. Uh, you have the like chief like airplane mechanic there. Uh, Coffee is played by Andre Royo. He's one of my favorite characters in the movie. I thought he was great every time they fly back in. He's just more and more agitated about all the work he has to do to keep these uh, planes looking good. And you can definitely get a feeling from all these men just how much they adore flying right so the art of flying the art of dogfighting the art of airplane uh mechanics all that stuff and that is that is uh really really great now uh, the tuskegee airmen um this is not a very historically accurate uh film to be honest and this is not a history uh podcast by any stretch of the imagination but the tuskegee airmen um was uh the, a group of soldiers that trained in Tuskegee uh, Air Base, I think is in Alabama, um, and then went and were basically running these kind of, you know, kind of missions just to see see what happened, right? It's it more of like a like an experiment than an actual uh, military uh, strategy to use at, at the time. Um, but, you know, they're they're turning in, you know, these little bit of wins here. And then finally, uh, you know, kind of their their chief in charge of them, uh, Colonel A.J. Bullard uh, back in the U.S. is going to be like, hey, uh, get my guys some real stuff. They can do it. I promise you. And finally, you know, the the brass say, OK, well, they can go. We're we're doing like a beach landing in their neck of the woods. Let's go do that. Uh, they can provide aerial cover. We'll see what happens and go from there. And I think one of the things that I really loved about this is, um, again, not historically accurate, right? This is based on true stories of the Tuskegee Airmen. But I think that their love for their country and their acts of service was really, really special to me because even faced with adversity within their own other fellow officers, right? They go to this officer's club and they're not treated the same way. They're not, they're not accepted in because of the color of their skin. They still are super proud to be doing what they're doing and they don't make excuses and they expect excellence and they do uh, amazing. They do an amazing job uh, with this kind of experimental uh, assignment that they're given 
Yeah, absolutely. And they're uh, they're going kind of on this first mission there where they're providing some aerial cover there for this beach landing. You know, the the Nazis show up in their uh, fighter planes as well, and uh, they get into some dogfighting there. And that's uh, that's pretty exciting uh, for these men. It's their first opportunity to actually uh, do some dogfighting, right? What they've been, you know, kind of training for uh, from the beginning. They've been uh, held back from battle. They're finally able uh, to do that very eager to, to get to, you know, more of the front lines, you know, so to speak, of the war. And they do that, and they're uh, fairly successful. They end up uh, you know, kind of injuring one of the planes and uh, following it back and, you know, shooting up their, their base. And Thinking I should finish them off so we can get back to the beachhead. Yes. Or we could follow them and we could go after the airdrome. I don't know, Lightning. We got orders. You know that. Come on, easy. I'm talking about a Jerry Air Base. Dozens of planes. You're saying no? All right. I'll trust your instincts this time. We're running low on fuel. We're going to follow for five minutes. You got that? Five minutes. <laughs> Again, anytime you can, you know, shoot up a, a Nazi base, that's always a good time. So uh, they do that. So the beach landing, uh, pretty much a success again, right? So now, uh, you know, back back home, back in the states, they're looking at them, and be like, okay, maybe these guys can fly uh, pretty good. So uh, maybe maybe what we need to do is we need to start letting them uh, do the job that these other jokers from the beginning of the movie can't, right? They can't just be abandoning their bombers, and you know, they'll they'll stay put, they'll stick with the bombers, and you know, loss of life, not that not not a big deal, but that's okay because we've got some new planes coming our way, we've got some red paint coming the way, and we've got the best fighter pilots and all the all the air force ready to go that's right um i really love that part because we finally see like these are amazing pilots um and they were amazing in these really old 10 year 15 year old bomb like bomber planes yeah, says, right yeah he says it's and, like i'm and, driving my mom's cadillac or something i think <laughs> right like and then you put them in a, in a, in like a newer model and they're like, this is amazing. And the guy's like staring at it. He's like, it, it even looks like it's so fast and it's not, it's just on the ground, you know? <laughs> I mean, so I mean, excited. I have, I, have, I have to say they get these new planes and I don't pretend to know what the uh, model of that plane was. And I'm not a big car guy. I'm not a big plane guy, but those planes were pretty sexy looking. I will say. <laughs> they will. They were absolutely. Um, but there's a lot of things that are going on within this kind of regimen of men, right? So you've got kind of the leader. Um, he is under a lot of pressure. Um, he's drinking a bit. There's a, a couple of really amazing characters that you see, uh, like Michael B. Jordan uh, plays this this kind of new, um, plays bumps. He He's kind of brand new to the regimen. Mm -hmm. So they're giving him, you know, they're kind of welcoming him to the family, but they're also giving him shtick a little bit, uh, making him run behind the car. Um, you you get to know a little bit more about Lightning Joe, played by uh, David Oyelo. Um, he kind of falls in love with this girl from Italy, and they both don't speak each other's language, but they're falling in love anyway, and that's really nice to see. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of pressure, right? Because they've been told that because of the color of their skin, um, that they're not they're not good pilots, that they're not as good as anybody else. And it's um, really comes down to this one big moment in the air where they are given these this task of protecting the bombers, and um, they go. They're they're only supposed to go through the first leg, uh, whatever that means. So what I think that means is that some other group of planes were going to come and meet them and like take over for them. But unfortunately, mm -hmm. 
Um, they never showed up. I don't know what happened. Uh, so the Tuskegee Airmen were like, well, I guess we'll finish the job. And so they get into some dogfights uh, protecting the bombers, but they protect the bombers. And the the pilots um, are very like curmudgeoningly like uh, grateful, right? At first, it, and it really mm-hmm. starts to change. It, 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 it appears in the movie anyway, that it starts to change the perception uh, of, of the, the racism that that's prevalent in that time, right? So now they're mm-hmm. like, hey, we'd like to buy you a drink at the uh, uh, oh, the, officers the officers club. club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and so there seems to be kind of this level of respect that happens, um, which again, I don't know how historically accurate that is, but it, it does really make you think about uh, not being a person who is ever in the armed forces myself, what that must be like on both sides of, of the fence, right? Like to be, sure. Yeah. Making sure that you're, you know, protecting your your fellow man because you're on the same side and you're fighting for something that you believe in and you're in service to your country. And are you really going to be worried about the amount of melatonin in a person's skin? Like I, I it really um, affected me in that way where it was like, man, I, I, I it was really impactful. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good job kind of 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 highlighting uh that in the in the film and especially in this kind of kind of middle section here where we're doing this this kind of initial bombing run and you know when the tuskegee airmen and their uh, new fancy airplanes the red tails there uh fly in and you can see like the the bomber pilots are like oh good grief you know we're done for now uh with these guys flying alongside of us but yeah it definitely you know earn their respect with their skills and their abilities to uh you know follow follow the command and you know do what they're supposed to do and get the bombers uh back to drop their bombs and uh back home safe and sound so yeah a lot of respect and then yeah ends up do going uh to the officers club you get kind of the kind of the flip side of the coin right i think it's um uh is it uh is a lightning joe lightning uh character who tries to go into the officer's club after kind of the first mission to go in and get a drink and they chase him out of there tell him to go to the dance club and then you know they're kind of walking through town on their way to that dance club you know later in the film after this uh kind of kind of bomber run and you know now all the bomber pilots are like oh no come in come in here we'll buy you a drink chester barnes 98th bomb group you guys you flew a little top cover for us about a month ago little run of a palesti it's the best flying I've ever seen, gentlemen. And we guys, well, we feel we owe all you boys a drink. Uh, kind of like this uh, this uh, switch has been flipped uh, for these characters in terms of, you know, kind of the amount of respect they're getting from, you know, their fellow uh, servicemen, but also, you know, from the uh, top levels of the, you know, the armed forces as well. Yeah, and I think uh, another piece to this is that one of the one of the gentlemen actually does get shot down, um, and he gets out of the plane, so he's okay. But he's put in kind of this prisoner camp um, that the Germans mm-hmm. are holding, and of course they, you know, it's a really tense moment because he's the only person of color, and he goes into this American German camp, and they're like, "Oh, well, this is interesting," and so they. You know, he volunteers slash they want him to run the secret mission that's going to help a couple of them escape. Um, and at first they only pick him because they're pretty sure he's not a German. Um, but I really like that at the end of that, um, you don't know if this you don't know if that officer lives or dies, uh, but he helps get more more people out. And he. Oh, no, they, I think I think they say that he died. He he, he got shot. But four of four of the others got away. Right. Yeah. And so they bring his dog tags uh, to the Tuskegee Airmen's space, right? When they get out, um, they get back from behind enemy lines. And again, they're like, hey, this was the most bravest 
officer I've ever seen. Um, just really cool that, you know, this perception is changing. And again, I don't know how accurate that is, but I have to believe that some of that had to have been true, which is a really beautiful story because people can mm -hmm. change. Um, and it it's, hard it's 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 you know at the end we see this really last big dogfight between uh ray gun and joe lightning and this uh this german guy that they just call pretty boy because he's got this giant scar and of course he's just screaming everything in german and he's like this typical like nazi enemy that you would yeah. like hyperbolically like think of right um i don't know how they knew it was him because he he's ruined like four planes in this movie but they're like oh we're you gonna just go get know, him i guess yeah you, you just, just know, know i guess you yeah you're like walked <laughs> Uh, this guy like walked off the set from a uh, Indiana Jones film into into this uh, movie for sure. He's like the the stereotypical like uh, Nazi guy. But yeah, they go in their final bombing run. Uh, then this one's going all the way to to Berlin, right? And uh, there again, you know, someone's supposed to meet him kind of kind of halfway because they're flying all the way, I guess, from northern Italy. At least we're meant to believe to Berlin. That's a that's a long flight, uh, you know, for back then. And you know, they know that they're probably going to you know be short on fuel to to make that trip and make the return trip back. But they uh, they stick it out and stick with them. And, you know, ultimately, then uh, the mission goes uh, pretty well. It's at least a success in the terms of uh, this bomber run, but uh, not all is well. We do lose another one of our uh, uh, Tuskegee Airmen here. Uh, Joe Lightning uh, is not able to to make it. He is, uh, as predicted by himself, the first one to take out one of these uh, Nazi uh, jet uh, fighter planes right now. The uh, the jet technology is caught up uh, there with the Nazis and he does uh, take one of those out, but it does uh, cost him his life in, in there. You have a very heartfelt kind of moment there where he's, uh, you know, looking at Sophia's picture there that he'd had plastered on his uh, on his dashboard, which is very sad. Um, then and you get some, you know, some emotions there between his uh, squad leader and uh, him who were, uh, you know, were uh, best friends, roommates and uh, all that stuff there back on back on base. But, you know, the mission you know, by all accounts, you know, at least in military terms was a success. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's good. And then the Tuskegee Airmen, the Red Tails are going to go on to uh, receive, you know, uh, commendation for, you know, their their acts of valor here uh, in World War Two. And that's great. And, you know, that was that was basically the, you know, kind of the bulk of the movie there. It's really kind of highlighting these these three kind of missions. It does uh, do a little bit of, you know, exploring uh, with the characters. Mm -hmm. there um uh were there any of the of the characters or like the character interactions that you liked better than others throughout the course of the film Michaela? um i really like the the relationship of the team in in itself right like i've never been an officer obviously um and i didn't grow up in a in a family that has so for me it was neat to see that they would hold each other accountable, but also would have each other's backs. The relationship between Easy and Joe Lightning was this kind of like um, unforgiving friendship. I, I don't really know how to explain it. Like it was uh, Lightning's birthday and Easy gives him a gift. Uh, and he's like, hey, you're going to need to learn Italian because you like the girls and you're going <laughs> to need to speak their language. Uh, but there's this whole thing like you shouldn't have given me anything for my birthday. And he's like, I didn't want to give you anything for your birthday. So there's like this old man curmudgeon friendship. But they also really hold each other accountable. So when Easy, it comes out that he's kind of got a drinking problem and he it's it, he's letting that cloud his judgment. You know, lightning gets onto him about it. And I, I really like that. I loved um, some of the. Uh, scenes between Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character, which is Major Emmanuel Stance, and then the Colonel, uh, played by Terrence Howard. And mm -hmm. 
we don't see them together very often um, because Colonel Bullard is in America, like fighting the good fight on behalf of this team, right? On behalf of the airmen. Um, right. And uh, the major is kind of trying to keep the airmen together. And I really like that where they, they've got each other's backs, even though they're thousands of miles apart. And I really love that piece. Um, I also found the relationship that uh, Lightning and his, his uh, Sophia uh, get into is really nice because they, it's very pure um, and sweet. And, you know, he, Asked her to marry him and she says she needs a minute and which is fair because they've known each other maybe 12 seconds. I don't fair. know. But but I really did like that where it didn't focus so much on their differences uh, because there are a lot of them. They didn't even speak the same language, um, but really mm -hmm. focused on what they had together. And I love that. Yeah, absolutely. I thought that that, that was handled pretty well. I like kind of that uh, that character exploration there uh, for Lightning's character. I liked probably for me, you know, aside from like the the dogfights, which were, you know, visually, you know, uh, very exciting to watch and and hear and, you know, all the, the sound design and stuff like that. I really liked just kind of when, you know, the guys were hanging out uh, there like on the picnic table and you had, um, uh, which one was it? Uh, Smokey there was, was that Smokey that was sitting, you know, strumming a guitar and they were all just kind of talking and, and giving yeah. each other a shtick. That was kind of the, kind of the best part. Um, I really liked uh, the character, um, Leslie Odom Jr. played in the film, uh, Winky, who's kind of, um, kind of like playing this devil's advocate character through the first kind of couple of meetings, but then I don't, he just kind of disappears out of the film. I don't, <laughs> um, so I didn't yeah. quite, I didn't quite get that, um, there's uh same really for Michael B. Jordan's character. He kind of, you know, shows up at camp. He's this new uh kind of kind of recruits new to the uh to the Tuskegee Airmen uh base there and they kind of give him some shtick when when he uh when he shows up, but nothing really ever goes anywhere uh with his character too much. It's mostly focused on the same four guys start to finish and they kind of try to introduce a couple of things, you know, kind of throughout that never never really seem to to amount to much because you know ultimately the most time we're spending is is either up in the air in these airplanes or, you know, with lightning and uh his girlfriend uh Sophia then. Uh which is probably then the most emotional uh scene of the film, at least uh I kind of thought. And I I looked over at you because we watched this together and uh I think that you probably thought too, but it's when um you know the the commanding officer there and i think it's uh um it was easy uh easy i think might have been yep. uh been there i don't remember for sure but uh they're knocking on her door she's walking back you know with her groceries and does the the tried and true drop the groceries there when you're uh confronted with uh bad news but very emotional very emotional um you can see that and yeah he was quick to propose but she said uh, that she loved him after like one day so i guess if that's the only english you know you gotta throw it out there so hey you know i mean they, they were both a very beautiful couple. So uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to hate on that, but I, I loved um, the cinematography to this. I thought was really great too. I mean, I don't know how much of it was actual plane flying or if it was mostly special effects, it looked pretty mm -hmm. good. Um, but I love the scenes where they were going over the cities um, and you could see like when lightning yeah, especially sees over the, Sophia the like first the Italian time. town. Yeah. yeah. Over the Italian town looks great. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that that was really cool. Very sweeping, big. Um, and I don't know. I, I'm really glad I saw this. Look, I, I'm i not a historian. I love history. Um, I love real history. I think it's important that we celebrate real history. Um, this is not a historical podcast. I never would have known about the Tuskegee Airmen 
probably, I mean, I almost guarantee I didn't learn about it in school. Um, it's not something that we <laughs> learned about during like Black History Month at school. So I, I, I really liked uh, and I'm really grateful that this film was made because it educated me at least somewhat in something, which is important, I think. Um, it might not be a, an actual word for word kind of account of what what happened, but these sorts of things are really important in order to have a better understanding of kind of the history of of the world and our country, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um one of the one of the co-writers here, um yeah, Aaron Magruder, um in an interview, you know, said something, you know, kind of kind of along those lines, right? He's like, hey, not every not every war film needs to be uh, saving Private Ryan. And uh, that's true because, you know, obviously this is going to highlight, um, you know, these men and this company uh, here. And uh, it's it's a fun, you know, kind of kind of adventure with them. And it really, you know, props them up as heroes in this film. And it does then the ultimate uh, good deed of this film is then, yeah, it, you know, introduces people to the Tuskegee Airmen, to the Red Tails, who they were, why were they important? And uh, then hopefully then that spawns you to go on and, you know, watch, you know, actual documentaries or to read about or to uh, make a trip to, uh, you know, the, uh, the Air and Space Museum and learn about them um, and things. And that's, you know, ultimately the boon for making uh, something like this. Um, now, if you look at the reviews for this, they're pretty, pretty harsh. Um, a lot of people uh, come down on the dialogue. I didn't think that it was too bad. I thought that kind of like the worst of it was really like in the first part, um, kind of kind of the like the bomber pilots, which is weird because when we meet the bomber pilots on the ground, they're in the Italian town and they invite him into the officers club. I thought he was fine then. Um, and in fairness uh, to those gentlemen, they were probably sitting inside of like a green box by themselves having to act. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, right. uh, you know, cut, cut them some slack there. Uh, dialogue. Uh, I thought was okay. It was it was not great, but it was it was fine. It served its purpose. Yeah, I I mean I I thought this was really um, well put together, solid solid film, um, and I love that it's look it's a war film, um, but I, I feel like it's something I could definitely show my son. I think that the um, it's realistic enough to be impactful, right? I found myself really. Um, emotional towards the end for a number mm -hmm, of reasons. Mm -hmm. um, and again, it's it's an opener for learning more about um, just all the different walks of life, right? That were uh, helpful in us defeating the Nazis, which is a really good thing that we did, uh, just so we're clear. So, you know. <laughs> that's, that's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, that is 2012's Red Tails. It was a fun time uh, going to watch uh, uh, that, you know, after after, you know, over a decade of uh, intending to watch it, finally getting the opportunity and the, you know, the ability to watch it here and talk about it on the podcast and to also have an excellent uh, cocktail with it. So. So, yeah. So at home, let us know if you have ever seen uh, Red Tails or if you have a favorite uh, Tuskegee Airmen uh, documentary, uh, send us that. We would love to see that and learn uh, some more about this story. That would be great. So you can do that on our social medias. It's at Drink the Movies on Instagram and X and Threads and Blue Sky and Facebook.com slash Drink the Movies. Uh, you can find our website site www.drinkthemovies.com that's where you find uh, episode recaps cocktail recipes uh, links to uh Patreon, all that stuff. And speaking of Patreon, we're going to be getting our best picture uh, short episodes uploaded here in the very near future. So you want to make sure you're signed up for that. You can go to patreon.com slash drink the movies for bonus content. It's an excellent way to support the podcast. And we appreciate our patrons over there so, so much. So uh, Michaela, uh, they've made an aviation 
They've sent us a picture of it. What else do they need to do? You're going to go to your Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, anywhere where you're listening to this podcast. Look at your little rectangle. There's a subscribe button next to the subscribe button. There's probably a rate button as well. And if you could give us a five-star rating or review, or hey, even write a couple of words about what you're liking about us, um, we would really appreciate it. This is the best job in the world, Brian, and we are only able to do it because people like you are listening to us and sharing it with your friends all over social media. So the more you do that, the more we get the drink the movies, drink the music, drink the video games, all the drink the things out there. Um, and we are so grateful. Absolutely. We are grateful. Um, also, uh, grateful to your husband who just upgraded your, your home theater, uh, stereo system, uh, over this past summer. So we finally put it to the test for this film because we did sound, sounded pretty good. Sounded pretty good. So, uh, let's do this, Michaela. Let's, uh, let's go. We'll mix up another aviation. We will toast, uh, the fine men of the, uh, the Tuskegee Airmen, and we'll uh, have to have to pick another movie. Oscars are still uh, heading our way, so let's do that. So, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, let us know what you thought about Red Tails, and we'll talk to you next time on Drink, Drink the, the movies. movies. I love it when they give it to Brian Cranston, and they're like, "Trust me, the only thing I'm respecting about you <laughs> is your uniform." Is your uniform? I, I was surprised like, he didn't have a bigger part. Yeah, he he plays a he was amazing. I hated him so much, and he was only in it for like three minutes. He was in it for th it, was, it was three solid minutes.